0: Hi, everyone. This is episode 44 of the Nourished and Nurturing podcast. We're a podcast that empowers moms through their motherhood journey, and we talk about various topics for women's health and supporting connection within families. I'm Michelle Taggy. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. I have a degree in Thai massage and I have a master's in analytics. I'm a mom to Connor, who is almost three, and Ashlyn, who is four months old. And I'm exclusively breastfeeding, which I feel like is worth Mentioning as one of the major things going on in my life right now, <laughs> and today I am talking to Stacy about mindfulness. Hi, Stacy.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I live in Florida currently, and I'm a mom first and foremost. Um, to my son, AJ, is 26, and my daughter, Ella, is 23. And um, so I'm an empty nester mom. I am a yoga teacher and a mindfulness meditation teacher as well. I am so excited
0: to talk to you today. And I don't know if it's like ironic or perfect for this discussion, but I squeezed this in before my work day and then I somehow woke up late and still had to nurse my baby and I'm texting you that I'm running late and then, um, you know, I'm at my desk, I'm trying to eat food while while we're having the pre-call and is that mindfulness (laughs) and then you know because of the situations currently I'm working a full day with my husband also working in the house and my two kids here with the nanny like (laughs) I think there's some opportunities here
1: yes (laughs) yeah it's not mindfulness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and well, and I'll just share a little of my background. You and I met in Thai massage school, which was 10 years ago now, um, which, you know, that's, that seems so long ago, but it also feels like a lifetime ago. But I was very, I had a very regular meditation practice back then because it was a part of our program. So we were I think towards the end up to a half hour a day, like almost every day. And because it was homework and I'm like a high achieving student, I was into it. And I kept it for a while because I, I really experienced the benefits of it. And since then, I've kind of gone on and off of having a study practice, but mostly off. And it's something that's like always so high on my list. Like when I set goals for the year, it's like, I need to be meditating or, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of our history together. And I, I'm like, so I want to talk to you and I like want this back in my life. And it's like this, yeah, this thing I'm trying
1: to chase after. That's when I actually started a, a more serious meditation practice other than just tacking it on to the end of my yoga practice like a few minutes is during our Thai massage school um, and, and I kept it, I kept it going you know, of course there's days and, and weeks that it comes and goes for me but now it's, it's an absolute everyday practice for me
0: that's wonderful so you're on almost a 10 year streak <laughs> almost yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, can you share more about your background and like, how did that look once you went through the Thai massage program and it sounds like you fell in love with meditation?
1: I really, I, yeah, I, I really did. I, I really noticed the, the change in me and, and from my Thai massage training, I went into the yoga teacher training program. I'd been practicing for about 10 years before that with yoga and I decided that I wanted to, to, to have a yoga, a more formal yoga education. So when I began teaching yoga, I noticed that if I tacked on some um, meditation, I'd usually only do five minutes tops at the end of my practice or my teaching. And I noticed a huge difference in my students when they would leave the class. So if, I, if I, my class ran a little long and I, I didn't do the meditation, just went from Shavasana up and out the door. I noticed there was a huge difference. I could see it in my students, the amount of, like you could feel in the room, I know it sounds woo-woo, you could feel the energy drop in in the room when my students would leave after having a meditation. And so it really started to get my interest into learning more about mindfulness meditation. We're okay with woo woo on this podcast, by the way. My <laughs> website says I like, take the woo woo out of yoga and mindfulness, and now here I go. Just it just creeps back in sometimes. <laughs> it's a hard to keep it out. <laughs> no, that's I, I. Yeah,
0: it's hard to describe in a way other than that because it's not like you can't necessarily pick somebody out of a lineup. Like, oh, this is the one who meditates. But um, <laughs> when you interact with somebody, I think you can kind of see that, like. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess what's the difference between mindfulness and meditation?
1: So, I think so mindfulness, let's let's go back. Let's go back a little bit. Meditation is a more formal practice where you actually sit and and meditate. And there are lots of different kinds of meditation. Mindfulness is just one kind of meditation. And mindfulness is being aware. I think that's a really simple, simple definition of it. And you can practice mindfulness without meditation. So you can practice meditation throughout your day. You can be aware of say, let's take washing your hands because it's COVID is around right now. So washing your hands is something I do way more now than ever. And so if you're being aware and you're being mindful while you're washing your hands, you'll notice the, the faucet as you turn on, like the feel of the faucet in your hand and the way it turns and the, the feel of the, the temperature of the water, the wetness and the the suds of the soap. So you're paying attention to all the little details of of washing your hands. And and it's not as, it's not meditation. It's just being mindful. You can do it mindfulness while you're eating to the list is pretty endless. So when you
0: say you teach mindfulness, are you actually meditating and then bringing the mindfulness into your life? Or are you teaching the mindfulness as the meditation?
1: That's, that's a good question. So you're actually bringing the mindfulness into the meditation so for example paying attention since mindfulness is paying attention very often we i lead a a breath focused practice meditation practice where we sit down and the object of our attention is the breath so paying attention to all the different aspects of breathing so the rise and fall of your lungs or the feel of the air through your nostrils. I I, I don't know if that, <laughs> if that answers your question.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. Cause I think people kind of use them interchangeably, but I think that was a good definition. Yeah. And I remember the book we read in Thai Massage School. It was like every time you went under a door entryway, it was like take that to bring yourself back to be mindful. And it's just like, like all these cues to like, remember to be mindful. Cause it's
1: like the mind just kind of will go off on its own. <laughs> uh, oh, absolutely. And so it's nice to have cues like that during your day where you go through a doorway. And I, I forgot that that, that book is where I got that. So sometimes I notice when I grab a door handle, then I, I just remember that. Okay. Before I go into a room, okay, let me just check in with being mindful.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, I do remember that because it was like, it was a retreat style but they added one thing every day, like today when you do this and today when you eat. And um, so you actually use those cues still and it just became habit. Uh, yeah,
1: it's, it's really just about making it a habit. And of that's course, so my, my, it doesn't mean to say that I'm always mindful. <laughs> <laughs> But
0: you're like, and I think that's the whole thing with the meditation training I've gotten, which obviously most of mine was from Paul, like, you know, and it's mostly about just like this cue to bring it back. Like, it's not about like, making your mind go blank, or like, you're supposed to, it's supposed to look a certain way when you meditate. It's kind of just like, I don't know, this, this practice of bringing it back, like bringing it back to mindfulness, which is, yeah, I think that's because I hear a lot from people and I'd like to get your take on this. People who say,
1: oh, I need to meditate, but I can't. Yeah. like <laughs> I'm sure you hear that a lot too. Oh, all the time. And a, and a lot of people say, I can't, I can't do it because my, my head is just so full and I think one of the misconceptions about mindfulness is that it it's about clearing your mind of thoughts, which I don't know if it's even possible to do that. Maybe some people have been able to do that. I I've yet to figure that one out. But it's you about get, like no- a Buddhist monk on the show, and asked yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe they've gotten that. Um, I I it's about noticing that your mind is, it's, a, the, that, uh, it's that awareness. So it's when you sit and you're meditating and you're focusing on your breath, then the thoughts come in because that's what our, our minds do that. That's part of the way we work as humans. And then suddenly you'll be down the, the trail of thought remembering or, or whatever it is your brain is doing. And so it's just noticing that your mind the moment that you notice that your mind has taken you down a little rabbit hole the moment that you pay attention and you can notice that your your mind has wandered is a moment of mindfulness so that little moment and then you can bring it back to like oh yeah i'm i'm supposed to be paying attention to my breath
0: yeah and that's it's really interesting because it seems like that's the practice when you're sitting and meditating and you're, you're like exercising that ability. And it's like, you want to do the same things in normal life, but it's going to happen less frequently that you bring yourself back because you're not like consciously
1: exercising that. Is that kind of? Yeah. Yeah. It does become, it becomes a habit.
0: Yeah. Cause it's like, it seems like you're having these like really productive thoughts all the time. Like you're you're laying in bed and you're like planning all these things. Like, what am I going to say on my podcast when I get up or whatever? (laughs) But it's like, rarely is it that productive of a thought exercise. Like, so it's like this exercise of like letting it go. Like, actually, I don't need to be there right now. I can be here. I don't know. It's, um,
1: (laughs) yeah. And well, and it's one thing if you're being productive and you're planning and you're you know, it, it's not about that thinking is bad or that we need to not pay attention to our thoughts. But if you're lying in bed and your brain is going about all the things you should have done or need to do tomorrow, that's, that's you're missing out on what's going on right now if your brain is all over the place. So if you're lying in bed and you should be feeling maybe a little sleepy or noticing the the sensations of the sheets on your body or Feeling the temperature of the room, or any of the other things that you do when you're getting ready to fall asleep, instead of your head just all over the place. Yeah,
0: and so I'm going to go off script a little. But what about for moms? Because this seems like like you have this time with your kids, and a lot of times you have very diverted focus. Um, it's like I think you know, we have a lot of moms on this podcast and I think people want to have that connected time with their kids. That's kind of this conscious, like, I don't know. It's like you picture, like you plan an activity with your kids and you picture it like, oh, they're going to love this so much. And then it's like, wait, but he's two and his attention span is like two minutes. So then it's like you as the mom kind of get, brought out of that and you get frustrated and you're not like, I don't know, like, (laughs) like you're not like connecting with your kid and you kind of move to this place of like, you're outside of that experience, frustrated about the experience you're not having. Does that, I I don't know if that was a question, but.
1: Oh, totally. And, and we have like, as especially a mom with young kids, there's so much going on. There's so much you've got to do. If you're working, you have to, you know, you get your your work done you gotta you know wash clothes or do any of the things that you you need to do to run your household and take care of your kids and and so very often we're thinking about all the other stuff that we've got to do to take care of our families that we we lose the moment that we're in with our kids that can be really sweet or you know sometimes really awful (laughs) And, and I think one of the really big benefits of mindfulness for moms is that it can help you go from being really reactive, so like getting angry, like snapping at your kid or yelling or um, you know, just really reacting to being, it gives you a little bit of space to figure out the best response in whatever situation you're in. Especially, it's especially challenging when your kids are, are being naughty, you
0: know, or like,
1: (laughs) it's a nice way of saying it, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I think that really can help with moms is that it it, it can really get, just gives you that moment to pause and go, okay, what, what really is the best response? Because I really want to yell at them or whatever your response is to, to a kid that's acting up. I love that. I love that. Um, So it's
0: kind of like you're, you're exercising this ability to be conscious when you're sitting Mm -hmm. on the mat, and then you're able to use what you practiced in real life. So you have that extra, like, you're conscious about what am I going to say to my child? Am I going to get really frustrated and just Spew it out, or, or am I gonna like act the way I want
1: to act, or you know, um, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't yeah. mean that you're always going to be like the have the perfect response and not get snippy with your kids at, or yell at them or whatever. But it keeps you a little more. I, I think when you're sitting in in meditation and you're you're paying attention to your breath, you can also pay attention to emotions that are there. So, and this is, this is great. You learn this stuff while you're seated in a a formal meditation. And then you, like you said, you can take it out into your everyday. So you're noticing that you're thinking about one thing that makes you angry and brings up really strong emotions. And then you can feel that emotion in your body and you can notice where you're feeling it. And then that's when you can take it out into the everyday so when your kid is making you mad then you can notice okay i'm really feeling angry and i feel it in my belly right now or i feel it in my i feel my ears are really hot and my head is like my face feels red and then you can go okay i'm i'm feeling angry right now and this is how i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna take a moment (laughs) because i'm feeling really angry and and then you can respond It gives you a little bit of time to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Um, Because I think there's just like a lot pulling us away from mindfulness. So like the kids is obviously one of them. Like it it is very challenging when... It just seems like crazy, like I'm sure a lot of people relate to that around dinner time where you're like you you're trying to do this and watch your kids and whatever. but it's like I think for a lot of people, just the the computers and the phones, it's like kind of the opposite of exercising your brain for mindfulness. like it's uh, we actually just talked about this with like intuitive eating where you're you're checking out instead of checking in. so it's like how like you said, how does this feel in your body? And what are you, what is stressing you out? So it's like, I don't know. I love that. Cause it's like, yeah, I think there's just so much like you, you're used to these immediate dopamine hits from the phone and all that versus, I, I don't know. It, it seems like the opposite of what you're doing on the mat. <laughs>
1: Right. And we're so pulled, like, especially with technology, we're pulled in all sorts of directions. We have our phones. We, I have my watch with my, you know, it's ridiculous. I have incoming stuff all the time. And then my kids are, you know, in their twenties. So they, they didn't have um, all, quite all of it. It was kind of new technology back then. So I can't imagine in this age now with, with little ones. It's, it's a lot different even because my kids didn't have a phone to play with when they were little, Mm -hmm. you know, we're just, we're just pulled in so many different directions. I think now even more than ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you're practicing on the mat to be able to bring this into your life rather than if you're sitting on your phone, you're kind of preactive, you're practicing being in that state of giving your first reaction rather than giving yourself that moment almost. Um, No, I love, and what you were saying about like, like noticing what you feel in your body. Um, So what we studied was Vipassana meditation, which means insight. So the, the goal would be you're sitting there and you're learning about yourself. So it's like, it gives you this opportunity to learn, oh, when my mind goes off, I'm always thinking about work. And like, that might be something like you can use that to make decisions in your life. Or are you, you know, are is anger coming up? Or I think there's those different things like you notice desire or aversion or like what, I don't know. Yeah. Can you talk to that a little bit more?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so many things to notice. and And I think one thing I didn't mention before about mindfulness meditation is that you're approaching all these things that are happening in your mind and your body with kindness and curiosity instead of like, Oh my gosh, I'm thinking again about work. this is ridiculous. I can't sit still or whatever, you know, or I can't believe I'm, I'm sad about that again or angry or whatever. So I think, and now I've forgotten your question. (laughs) I think that, that, (laughs) I think that that, um, that part is really important when you're when you're taking a look at all these things that are going on inside yourself.
0: Yeah, because if you sit there and judge yourself for not for the meditation not looking like you think it's supposed to look, of course you're not going to like it. <laughs> it's like I don't want to I don't want to sit there and and hate myself for ten minutes again. So uh, I think that was really good. You mentioned that. I don't, do you do you like so the vipassana was i think they consider that more of a like strict style cuz it's like you can't move and you're supposed to like see what comes up and like i have this aversion to my leg being in extreme pain because it fell asleep 20 minutes ago and <laughs> it's like oh i'm i'm observing my aversion but it's not i don't know not pleasant sometimes
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right and and i think this i think some of the mindfulness practices they incorporate a little bit of the Vipassana without actually calling it Vipassana because any kind of religious thing is is taken out with the mindfulness meditation, at least the one that I teach. So you are gaining a lot of insight. So if you're sitting in a mindfulness meditation and your leg falls asleep, it's okay to move it. <laughs> Um, maybe vipassana not as much. I know people who have been on week-long vipassana retreats, and you were supposed to stay very, very, very still and not move at all, no matter how sound asleep your leg is. But I, I think it's okay if you if you're feeling like okay, my leg is cramping and I need to move it. Noticing that first of all, and then with some gentleness and, and mindfulness. So with awareness, moving your legs slowly. So feeling the leg move through space and noticing what it feels like when you get a little relief and every little detail of the moving of your leg. Does that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to suffer through
0: a painful set. Just because you're gaining insight
1: about how your <laughs> brain reacts to <laughs> pain. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of information in that. So I, I encourage pe- people to sit, like if you got a little pain in your hip or your shoulder. So sometimes those just go away. If you feel, if you can, you can move your attention from your breath to, to sensations in your body too. So you can pay attention to your shoulder cramping up or whatever it might be doing. And if you really focus in on that, sometimes you'll notice it just go away. Sometimes it doesn't, but. Like if you feel like a tickle on your face, you can just pay attention to that tickle and see what it, what happens. Sometimes it moves. Sometimes it it makes it gets worse. Sometimes and sometimes it goes away. And sometimes it does all of the above and then goes away. And your or your mind goes, "Hey, look at that over there. <laughs> what about this?" And so it's it's interesting to watch and and noting all that all of that stuff with curiosity and kindness, not like, Oh, I can't believe my leg is stiff, stiff again.
0: Curiosity and kindness. I love that because it, yeah, it can, it can be just like, I want to get to know myself better rather than, Oh, I need to meditate. I'm, I'm such a horrible person and I need to fix myself.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not, it's not about that. It's not about that at all.
0: Yeah, and it, I I do feel like people think that they're like, oh, my mind's all the, all over the place. I need to meditate, but I, I yeah, I think you're probably more likely to actually do it if you make it enjoyable.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or like you
0: said, like tacking it onto the ed- end of yoga is probably easier to do than like I need to sit down and like do my meditation.
1: <laughs> and, you, and you also don't have to. Sit for a half an hour. It, I think it's, it would be crazy to, for somebody to start who says, I need some meditation to sit for 30 minutes. Maybe somebody can do it, but I recommend just sitting for a few minutes, starting with five minutes, maybe going to six minutes the next week or 10 minutes the next week. So just taking little baby steps.
0: Yeah. So for somebody who doesn't have any kind of meditation practice, they don't know the styles we're talking about, how do you recommend getting started?
1: I think it's what can be a little challenging with, with, you know, not very many studios opened up. Um, a lot of yoga studios have meditation classes that you can do, but there are some online, online classes that you can join. I, I recommend finding a teacher. I think it might make it easier. Um, do you do online I actually do. Yeah, I've been through this whole COVID thing. I've been leading uh, an online meditation classes. I'm doing it through August. I'm free. I'm actually doing free classes Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay. And what time is that? Just
0: it's at twelve thirty Eastern. Twelve thirty Eastern. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I might want to join that because I think I think like you said, you're kind of. It has that small tinge of accountability that you're gonna do it at that time.
1: I really think that, that with a group, you know, doing it with a, a bunch of people that it, it does, it helps with the accountability. It's also nice. I think on, on um, having some interaction on zoom, it's been really nice through, through the shutdown. So.
0: Okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to link to that um, information or add that to the show notes. Cause I think that's a really good idea. Um Okay. So if somebody wants to get started, you recommend doing a class because I if do. you just try to sit at home, it's. Um, I'm sure you've seen people like start and stop a million times, kind of like a diet or... <laughs> There's
1: also a great, um, a great app called Insight Timer that I really love. And you can just set a timer for five minutes. There are also a lot of teachers on there that are great. Um, I recommend searching mindfulness or MBSR, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, which is a, a kind of a, a technique that's out of the University of Massachusetts. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, I'll link to both of those. I, I like working with the teacher, because you can ask, like in my, my online classes, we can, um, people can ask questions, and we talk about what comes up for you during the, the, the practice. And it's helpful hearing what other people will come up for other people. Because when you look at a sea of people that are meditating, everybody looks quiet. You have no idea what's going on in their heads. And sometimes people can think, oh my gosh, everybody else is sitting so quietly. I can't. But you don't see the, like if everybody had a thought bubble above their heads as to what's going on up there.
0: That's a really good point because I think it is easy to think I'm doing this wrong yeah. And I just hear, hear that from so many people. They're like, oh, well, I, I just can't meditate. My mind wanders. And I'm like, no, no, that's meditation. Like the, the, the bringing it back is the moment of mindfulness, not the sitting with nothing coming up. It wouldn't be an exercise if you just sat for the first time and your mind was blank. Like you're <laughs> actually exercising that ability to bring it back. Um and I I heard somebody else say he was talking about meditation and people are like, I, I just can't do it. And he's like, What happens? So you're sitting down and somebody comes and pushes you over? Like, <laughs> like, what do you mean you can't like you can't sit there? <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I love that. Um look, I guess what kind of benefits do you see from people uh, that are having this kind of practice, like what, when they incorporate a meditation or a mindfulness practice?
1: I think a lot of times people think that the goal is to be calm during meditation. And it's it's not a goal. The, the goal is that there are no goals, that you're just sitting and, and being aware of whatever comes up. But I've seen that people people do very often find a great sense of calm. They can reduce the amount of stress. And I see that a lot in, in people's reactions to, to the meditations that I lead, which is really, it's really, really nice. Um, there's, there's a ton of science behind the benefits of, of mindfulness meditation and it's increased, the, the, the studies have increased tenfold in the last 20 years.
0: Yeah. And I don't want to quote anything because I won't remember it accurately, but I know I read like Buddha's brain and it talks about like the actual shape of the different areas of your brain that change for meditation. And it's, it's pretty amazing. Like you just, like it kind of proves that by exercising this practice, this mindfulness practice, you are able to access that more when you're off the mat, like because your brain has changed, it's yeah, it's kind ne- of amazing. <laughs>
1: Neuroplasticity is a kind of a newer um, study of the brain, and it's that your brain focuses on your brain can change based on what you pay attention to, what you do, um, and, and so if you're training your brain to be more focused. In a, sit, in a seated practice and you're constantly bringing your, your attention back to your breath, then you're, you form a mental habit with, with your brain and, and it actually your brain actually changes.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm sure there's not any like long-term studies yet of what being on a phone all day does to our brains. Like, <laughs> cause it hasn't been around that long, but Um, on the flip side, it's kind of scary to think about, like, if we don't, if we don't do that exercise of, um, you know, changing our brain to be able to access that, like, what is it doing to our attention span? And, um, especially like you said with now children are like my son, it's, it's kind of just when he goes potty, but he gets to play on a phone and he's two and he he sits there like it's you can't. He can't hear you. Like it's like I want this little monkey to do whatever it's doing yeah. on the screen, and um, yeah, that that hasn't really existed until very recently. That somebody's going to have that for their whole life.
1: So um, attention has atrophied. I think with you know, I think about TikTok, and it's one minute video clips, and so you go one minute and. And you're training your brain to pay attention for one minute at a time. I mean, no, no harshing TikTok, but (laughs) like you're on it for a long time. Your attention span, you're really shortening your attention span to one minute, one minute, one minute, or even, you know, flipping through videos or whatever you're, you know, on Facebook or even flipping through Instagram, you're paying attention to things for just little seconds instead of. If you sit for a little while in meditation, you can train your brain to be a little bit more focused.
0: Yeah. So it's not like we're saying you can't also watch TikTok, but you're exercising your brain in one way and we might be able to exercise it a different way just so you can still access that. Um, So cool. What about, I know you work on people with like performance goals, how have you seen that, seen that play out with adding mindfulness meditation?
1: I think it's really especially important for athletes who, and there have been some huge teams and big, big athletes. I can't remember who I've read that, that practices uh, mindfulness meditation, but it, it really impacts the way they're able to focus during a game, and, which I think is really fantastic. So they can, you know, they, when you're used to focusing your attention and you go to play a sport, you can, you can get rid of the, a lot of the excess. You notice when your, your mind is saying you're not going to make that shot over and over. And you can just focus on whatever's happening now, which is making the shot. So it's, it's, it's really important, I think, especially for athletes to, to have a mindfulness practice.
0: Yeah, I... I think, with anything like i I kind of was saying that my performance has uh really been math, <laughs> like <laughs> I got a varsity letter from athletes in high school, and I've been uh taking all these exams my whole life, but I could see it being very similar where just having that extra edge and the ability to focus an exam on an exam would be really helpful um
1: and, and not just athletes but at, at work at an office, being able to focus on the, the task at hand without and noticing when your mind is like, okay, I got to do this next and this and this, and just bringing it back to what you need to do right now.
0: Yeah. And are there people that come in with goals about family, like kind of what I was talking about with the kids or in your marriage? Like, I just, I, honestly, that's the biggest reason I want to get back into this is just like. Being able to, rather than kind of snap at my husband when you know when you get like depleted and don't feel—I don't know if you get like this—but you get like depleted and don't feel connected to your partner, and then rather than reaching out for that connection and being aware of what's going on, like like being able to say like, "Oh, I noticed this feeling in myself. I feel disconnected." It's easier to kind of go to these little like you get annoyed at the little things and then you focus on that rather than let's check back
1: in. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, can, it can really, it can really help. It can really help because you're, you're learning about yourself and you're knowing what the trigger what triggers you emotionally. And also it, it can enable you to set your phone down and actually listen to your partner instead of having, you know, whipping out the, the ta te- you know, to make a text like while they're talking, like oh wait, I got to do this other thing, or looking at emails and sort only half listening. Same with your kids, you can actually you can actually sit down and and listen to them instead of having all the other things that are constant distractions in our lives. It makes it a little bit easier, I think.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it is easier to get in these little like I don't know spats or like bad patterns. It's like like you feel that when you're trying to, if you're trying to be vulnerable with your partner and they're looking at something else, it kind of, it hurts and you don't understand why it hurts, but you don't maybe feel loved or it's harder to be vulnerable because they're, yeah, they're doing something else and they can't give you your full attention. But what you want from them is this like law, like attention. Like I, I think we crave attention from each other and our kids crave that of us. And it's actually really hard to access and give our full attention now.
1: Yeah, it, it really is. I, I, I'm i always about mindfulness meditation and how it can help everything in the world. But <laughs> relationships, I think it definitely can be be a big help because then you can see what can clearly see after you've been practicing for a while and this doesn't come with a few five minutes sits this is like after you've been practicing long term you might notice a change in the way you respond and it's the same reactivity versus responding with your with your partner so you know um instead of of snapping at them out of habit or You can actually take that pause with your. So it works not only with your kids, but it works for your partner too.
0: Yeah. Well, I definitely want to start uh, doing this again on Tuesdays and Thursdays with you. Cause I I think just kind of getting back. I've definitely meditated. And, Uh but I think like what you said, if you're only doing it, you know, once this week and twice the next week, you're not getting those cumulative benefits. Um, I've even heard that. And, you know, I don't, again, want to quote science without it sitting in front of me, but that it's better to do it five minutes every day, than go to like a three day silent retreat and be doing it for 72 hours straight. Um, It's like that, that cumulative daily exercise of doing it that's going to have the long term benefits because I have done that I've done the I've done silent retreats and like felt like amazing oh. after three days of that, and then it's just like, wait, why didn't, why can't I do five minutes every day?
1: <laughs> See, I there is a study out there about the cumulative benefit that it is cumulative, and I can't, I wish I remembered the name of the study, but I, I don't keep those in my head. So yeah, we'll
0: just say trust us, it's there. Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> Google it. Cumulative benefits.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I did, I did really like Buddha's brain and that's really about the, the actual changes to the brain and the, the more science-y side to it. Um, but yeah. So is
1: there anything else you want to share? I'm trying to think of what else I could share. Um, no, it'd be, you know, um, I don't, I'm trying to think of what else I could share. Yeah. I, yeah. Go well, ahead. I, I think I'm gonna link to
0: another thing. Like um Lewis CK even has a little bit about this, like how you're like in your phone and tra- or in your uh, car in traffic and you pull out your phone. Like it's like you can't sit with yourself for even like like 10 seconds. Uh I don't know if you've seen that, but Paul actually played it for um for like a meditation course he did. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so good. And so relatable. Cause it's, it's that comedy side of it. Like really you, you hate yourself so much that you can't
1: spend 10 seconds with yourself. And it's um, so I'll link to that as well. I encourage people to, to, when they're driving, to turn off their, turn off the radio and, and see what that's like. Because very often I have the music cranked or, you know, or like I whip up my phone at the stop sign and, I, I, I encourage people to just give it a try and see what it's like and to notice where their head is going and and maybe roll down the window, feel the breeze. Sensations are really great when it comes to mindfulness because you can be aware of whatever's happening.
0: I love yeah. that. Well, do we want to do a little meditation? We- I know I'm like going into my work day, but anybody else, if you like want to do this later, you can hit pause now (laughs) if you're not in a place where you could do this. But I think really, if you're even just like on the train, you could close your eyes and do a little exercise.
1: But I guess
0: people aren't really on the train that much now.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to do it.
0: Okay. Awesome. I'm, I am ready. (laughs) Okay.
1: And you don't have to sit in any particular, like you don't have to sit on a cushion on the floor. You can just sit wherever you are. And I like to have people imagine that there's a cord at the top of their head. So elongating your spine. So sitting in a dignified posture without it being rigid. So softening through your shoulders and you can close your eyes or you can leave them open a little bit. So if you're not comfortable closing your eyes, simply lowering your gaze and begin by getting a sense of your body sitting here. Your feet are on the floor, noticing the pressure of your feet against the floor, getting a sense of the bend in your knees and your hips, maybe getting a sense of your shoulders and Allowing for a little release of tension if you feel like they're a little tense in there while keeping your posture. And then from here, bringing your attention to your breath and not needing to change anything, but just noticing what your breath feels like right now. You might notice your breath through your nostrils or the expansion and contraction of your rib cage or even in your belly, your diaphragm. So allowing your attention to rest on whatever part of your breath feels the most vivid. And if when you're paying attention to your breath, it feels like it's really brings more anxiety for you. You can rest your attention on something else. So a neutral part of your body, maybe your feet, or your hands, elbows. And when your thoughts come in, because they will, Allow for some self compassion. Notice that you're thinking and redirect your attention back to that focal point. Even if you have to do this a thousand times in the next couple minutes. Simply breathing in and breathing out here. And then whenever you're ready, opening your eyes, returning your awareness to the room. That was so good. And now we all have a little recording we can
0: reference, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I will say like I was, I was doing really well. I'm like noticing some tension in my shoulder. Once I started paying attention and I was, I was getting into it and then, my phone beeps that it's 15 minutes until my next meeting and then I hear the train go by and it's honking because I'm, I'm like right up by the train track and I'm like oh it's it's really easy to get brought out of that it is that space and I it's like even just noticing those sensations in your body like I felt this little flutter in my chest when my phone went off that it was like um, oh, I I don't even remember my calendar after this meeting. Do I need to look at my calendar right now? Like, have I gotten any emails that I need to check before this meeting? Cause I've just been recording a podcast and not paying attention to work. And it just like, like the mind just like took off and I'm like, wait, I, you know, this is three more minutes. I have three more minutes. Um, it's, it's amazing actually how your brain can just like take off without you
1: yeah, and that's okay but that's the noticing that's the key thing yeah. you're noticing that which is awareness which is mindfulness so yay okay <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on where can people find you people can find me on instagram at lotusheartmindfulness or online lotusheartmindfulness.com I'm on Facebook too, at Lotus Heart Mindfulness. So, yeah, yeah. Any of those places I would love. I always love new followers and.
0: and yeah, nice. this was wonderful. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I, I feel like I got a lot out of this, and it was like exactly what I needed right now. So, um, I'm so glad
1: that you had me on. I'm excited. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and then everybody, you can find me at Michelle Taggy underscore NTP, taggy is T as in Tom, A-G-G-E. And you can email us if you have any guest ideas or topics at nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com. And I would love to connect with you if you would be willing to leave us a review. We would be forever grateful. And thank you so much and talk to everybody next week.